Seven Wheeler just uh, practicing. Oh, we're re- <laughs> now we're recording. Oh, I'm going to put that down a bit. So I'm in charge of the microphone again. So yes. who knows? Who knows where we'll end up? What's going to happen? Yeah. Am One I talking us. to you down a well or are you talking to me down a well? <laughs> One of us will in- invariably us. end up off mic. <laughs> Probably me, but we'll see. Well, we're on uh, chairs with wheels, but a carpeted floor. Yeah. So at least there's some resistance if we try and drift. So we're joking. <laughs> That's true, actually. <laughs> Bit of traction. <laughs> yeah, because you, you like kind of leaning back when you're, when you're talking, don't you? I do enjoy a good lean. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good leaner as well. <laughs> so how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah. We are in the sound studio in work. This might be episode 41 or something wow. like that. Wow, yeah. right. So we did 40 episodes. Oh, yeah. Only so took six years. Yeah. <laughs> I still can't believe we did 40 episodes, though. Yeah. I'm so impressed by that. Feels like seven. Yeah, it really doesn't feel... <laughs> I only really remember the last five or six, you know. <laughs> yeah. The rest of them are just a blur. Yeah. So in this week's episode, and we're really on the pulse of things at we the moment, really are, which is actually yeah. very unlike us. Sorry, there's going to be a bit... We're, we're definitely these. a bit late. Yeah, yeah, a little bit parties, late. But... If we'd left it another week. Hopefully you're late <laughs> and we'll all feel like we're on time. Yeah. <laughs> so we decided to hop on to the uh, Barbieheimer. Is that what they're calling it, Chris? Barbenheimer or Barbieheimer? Maybe it was Barbenheimer. Okay. I, do, I might have heard both, but I wasn't sure. Okay, right. Um, but we're definitely, that's what we're on about this week. Yeah, we're going to talk about Barbie and also Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer. Yeah. What do you want to do first? Uh, will we talk about Barbie first? Sure. Okay. Ladies and first. <laughs> <laughs> and here is, I suppose, my intro to Barbie. How sexist of you. <laughs> Barbie is a 2023 American fantasy comedy film directed by Greta Gerwig from a screenplay she wrote with Noah Baubank. Based on the Barbie fashion dolls by Mattel, it's the first live-action Barbie film after numerous computer-animated films and specials. The film follows Barbie, played by Margot Robbie, and Ken, played by Ryan Gosling, on a journey of self-discovery following Barbie's existential crisis. It features an ensemble supporting cast, including America Ferreira, Kate McKinnon, Helen Mirren, Michael Cera, and Will Ferrell. Barbie premiered at the Shrine Auditorium in Los Angeles on July 9th, 2023, and was theatrically released in the United States on July 21st by Warner Brothers Pictures. Its simultaneous release with Universal's Oppenheimer led to the Barbenheimer cultural phenomenon, which encouraged audiences to see both films as a double feature. After achieving the biggest ever US box office debut for a movie by a female director, it was thought that Barbie would be a fast burner that opened high and dropped fast. However, it's done anything but, with the film receiving critical acclaim and currently grossing $1.23 billion worldwide, becoming the second highest grossing film of 2023, as well as the highest grossing film of all time solely directed by a woman. No doubt part of Barbie's huge success is the ubiquitous marketing campaign that stretches all the way back to April 2022 at Cinecon when Warner Brothers released the first image of Margot Robbie's Barbie as it confirmed the July 21st release date. The following month, the movie received some free marketing as photos from the set showed Robbie and Ryan Gosling rollerblading in Venice Beach, kickstarting the social media frenzy for Barbie, which really hasn't abated since. At the start of the year, few would have had Barbie as the summer's biggest movie, let alone 2023's biggest movie, but that now seems assured. So, why has Greta Gerwig's movie about the iconic Mattel doll been such a success? Surely it can't be all to do with the marketing, right? Well, let's find out. (laughs) 
But that was great, Lorraine. Really Thanks very much. I know, I really, that's probably probably my best intro. He said mansplainingly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, so I only saw this last night, so it was pretty pretty fresh for me. You saw it pretty much in its first week yeah, or so, Yeah, I think so. I think it, was the, it wasn't the opening weekend, but it was maybe the first week. And I actually saw, ended up seeing it twice. So I right, went okay. to see it with a friend. Yeah. And then I went to see it with my mother there just at the weekend there because she hadn't seen it and funny enough I actually preferred it the second time okay. I enjoyed it the, fir- the first time mm. but the second time I felt like kind of like with Oppenheimer as well which we'll talk about later but actually even though it seems like quite a short film a lot quite even though the, the storyline is quite light mm. a lot happens sure. in it and yeah. it goes past very quickly and I found the first time I don't know if I was just a bit dazzled by you know the sets yeah. and all of that and all of the pink but I picked up a lot more the second time right. than I did the first time Did you go see it first time with a male friend or female friend? Female friend, female friend. Yeah because yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just wondering if, I, if I, seeing it with a male friend would change the viewing of it in Yeah way, possibly know? yeah um, Yeah I've only seen it with females I tried to see it earlier Right. I, I actually bought a ticket. I was about to walk into the cinema very mm-hmm. early one morning because I just had some time to kill and I said, I'll go see it. I don't like going to see cin- movies when there's a lot of people there. I just don't right. enjoy that experience. Okay, yeah. So I thought, I'll go see it when it's almost empty and it'll be great. But as I was about getting out of the car in the car park, uh, two coach loads of teenage girls arrived to see the film. Oh, they coach were clearly loads. going to yeah, literally coach like uh, like school visit coach. What loads. cinema was that? Uh, the Odeon just down the road here. Oh right, okay. And um, like so, I'd say about over a hundred teenage girls, all wearing pink. Yeah, very excited. We're going to yeah. see it, and I felt I couldn't go in. Yeah, I was standing. I got. I am just going to look like such a pervert <laughs> going in here at half ten on a Tuesday morning. Oh, it's in the morning. Time. So I just turned around and went home. <laughs> You didn't and even I, go to see another film. <laughs> no, well, there was nothing else on. I'd seen Oppenheimer at this stage. I just right. kind of went, well, now what am I going to do? <laughs> but I I kind of felt um, it was intimidating. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I kind girls. of thought, you know, not that I would have expected anything. You know, but it's kind of like you kind of feel like if if I draw attention to myself as a, as a, as a single man going to see this film, you know, in the middle of the day, and it's, it just draws attention to you. Yeah. And you don't want that crowd to turn on you in a I way know. not that they would necessarily yeah. but your brain goes <laughs> oh, to worst case scenario where it's all like everyone's okay. pointing and laughing yeah. at you, you just look go, at that man there by himself look at that man watching Barbie that old man watching Barbie <laughs> he is a threat to us you now, know? My fa- I just found out the weekend my father did actually go to see it by himself but he he has the problem where he can't watch films in the cinema without falling asleep so oh. he always always <laughs> falls asleep so he came home after an hour <laughs> apparently he fell asleep for most of it and then woke up like he must have to see maybe like five ten minutes yeah, in yeah. and then woke up when they're in the real world and he was like I don't know what's going on so he left I don't know the weekend he just can't because you know I, I understand it in a way like it's dark yeah, a lot of them are warm you might be day after work you're tired yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, definitely there's been films where I wanted to fall asleep yeah, but what did you think when you first <laughs> heard that they were releasing a bar- which I heard I think two years ago like it seems um, like the Barbie marketing team have been on this for the last two years basically the first I heard of it was it was Amy Schumer was, okay was ca- oh right cast as, as Barbie at this point yeah I only heard that and recently the, I don't know if there was anything approaching a script or a director attached to it or it was maybe just so early days that it was just she this was her next project yeah okay and you know stuff like that comes and goes you don't necessarily you can time out of these things or you can other commitments can take people away from it but eventually mm-hmm. 
that was gone. There was a lot of backlash to that mm. casting decision. I think mostly because of her, the abuse she gets as a as a, a comedian, right? Um, which I think is bizarre. She's she's kind of being regarded as a bit of a joke thief and stuff like that. Oh but really? Her, her, right. Okay. Her um, there's Paul. But you could you could probably find that in a lot of people, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. A lot of comics that could could. You know, just because someone has a, a, a similar idea to somebody else doesn't mean they stole the joke necessarily. But okay, right. in her case, it's a bit. And does she have quite a bad reputation for that? I didn't realize that. Do you know what? It's it's if ever if ever you're going to pick somebody that was going to annoy men as a casting decision, it yeah, would have been her, you know? it does seem yeah. like that. It I, seems I like I need a certain type of man. Yeah, that's, some that's men seem. And what is their problem with her? Do you know? Sorry, I'm moving um, my microphone here. I I think with her, it's. Their problem with her is her complete lack of regard for them, her yeah. lack of respect for them, and which <laughs> yeah. is great. It's very, they really very don't funny. Don't like that, and some people don't like that. You know, <laughs> um, some people are very thin-skinned, which this film we'll talk about later, yeah. I'm sure, has, has gone on to prove. Mm-hmm. So, because I heard that with Amy Schumer, she decided not to do it because now all I heard was that the production team or whatever had sent her a gift kind of mm. because she had come on board and they were a pair of Monona Blahnocks or something and she Shoes? thought yeah okay. yeah and uh, like those high heels with okay. the red on with the, the sole okay. sorry I forgot that you don't wear high heels but you might know not what. as often as I used to but yeah. <laughs> you might know what Monona Blahnocks are yeah I kind of but guessed they were shoes yeah, do you ever hear about them in Sex and the City she used yeah, to I know talk the red about them a lot yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they sent her a pair of those and apparently now I'm sure there was much more to it than this but I read an interview where she said she realised oh that this is not what I thought Barbie was about and she just thought the whole tone was a bit off so she said that's she did, why she left I wonder left. what she did think I wonder what the tone was that didn't align yeah, with what she yeah. a lot of it would have also been like she gets such terrible abuse uh, for her physical appearance right okay you know, it's just awful God, it's just dreadful and yeah. also like she she had a child and her, her body changed as it does yeah. uh, for, for a lot of people and you know that can't be allowed and yeah. that must be commented on mm-hmm. relentlessly. Right. But uh, So she didn't match anyone's ideal of a what Barbie. a Barbie would look yeah. like, you know. Uh, so so in comes Margot Robbie, in comes Margot who is Robbie. a Barbie, looks like a Barbie, brought to real life. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, But I I think she, you couldn't have cast it better. Yeah. I think she's so good. Yeah, and she's, she is. Like even in films that I don't particularly like that much, if she's in them, she's always good in yeah, them. Yeah, she is. And usually yeah. the best thing in them. Yeah. It's uh, mad to think that she started in Neighbours. Yeah. Like, I knew is. her when she was in Neighbours. Oh, I'd, I'd long since tuned out of Neighbours oh, by the time she was by in then. It, but. but I don't remember her. Like, I think she was always good. I, I think because the writing, obviously, a lot of the time isn't great on mm-hmm. that. It's hard to see. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they probably did give her bigger storylines than other people. But to see how far she's come from Neighbours, now she's just become... Now, at the moment, really, you could say she's the biggest female actor in the world yeah it's hard to think of a, a bigger one anyone who's more famous but so I first heard about Barbie probably around two years ago when I saw the stills of um, Margot Robbie and Ryan uh, Gosling yeah. you always have to pick yeah, like, which Ryan it is or, <laughs> or Gosling um, what, rollerblading on yes, Venice Beach yeah, and yeah, the leotards yeah. and that yeah. but my first thought was I really I was, I, I didn't because I didn't know it was going to end up being the film that it was I was mm. thinking why are they doing this they have these huge stars attached to it I just thought it yeah, was going yeah. to be I don't know what I thought it was but I, I thought it was well, just going to be a some type of I didn't think there was going to be so many layers to it it seemed like there was these huge stars in it who are normally in very good and a, films and, and such an unlikely choice of director as well yeah. in, in Greta Gerwig who yeah. is kind of an indie favourite kind of and like 
Frances Ha was one of her films. Yeah, and like yeah. these very, you know, film festival uh success stories yeah and, and she'd been nominated art house film for an oscar yeah. for lady bird and absolutely and but an unlikely choice but uh only only because you kind of think with a film like that um you just expect them to be playing it very safe yeah you know which it's, is what it's I made thought. by a, essentially being made by the toy company yeah well, well that was the thing i was really surprised but so when i started watching the film then and then realized or even you know when i saw the, the trailers and clips and with during that massive marketing buzz like it must be the i i would imagine it's probably the most amount of money that's been spent on marketing on a film in a long time yeah, it's just yeah. crazy the amount of market now it works like obviously yeah, it's just after taking in one billion dollars or something at the yeah, box office absolutely. but yeah, it, it was just the, it just seemed like it was everywhere like you couldn't look and well, it's still also, a little bit like that part of the marketing was tying it in with the Oppenheimer thing and pitching it against it and stuff yeah. like that you know which was you know at a time when films are struggling in the cinema like the Indiana Jones movie which you would have think would have been a surefire hit mm. Lost money. Oh, you know, right. Stuff like that. Okay. Which is, you know, yeah. Like yeah. it cost a ridiculous amount of money to make because it was in development for so long. It built okay. up such a bill right. of, of, of wages, if you like, before a frame had been shot. Okay. That it almost was doomed to fail in some oh, ways. Oh, okay, right. But it's, um, uh, yeah, I was surprised at the choice of director. But it was like when I saw, I remember coming away, like I only saw it last night. So when I finished, I was very similar to when I saw the Paddington movie. Right. And I was thinking, there is no need. There was no need for that movie to be that good. Okay, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And I often say it to students who talk about you know people not taking chances on films and making you know creative, brave creative decisions and stuff like that. I, I my thought is always like this is a company investing. Let, let's say you were in charge of making the next Marvel film mm-hmm. and you had two hundred million dollars to do it. Mm. Would you go safe or would you gamble that two hundred million dollars on a very unlikely? approach to a property at the very least and if it goes wrong you're probably never going to work again yeah. most people play it safe yeah. and it, it would I would not have blamed them for a second if they play mm. I wouldn't have expected anything well see else, that's what really, I thought when know? I saw those first production stills I was thinking oh this is just going to be very playing it safe it's strange but it's almost so ridiculous in a way that you kind of go they're either up to something really clever yeah. here or really dumb. Well, that's you know? that's what I thought. So yeah. when I first saw the the stills, I thought it was going to be something really dumb. <laughs> and I thought, why are they spending so much money and have these really good actors and something that seems like it's going to be really dumb? So for a long yeah, time, yeah. I really didn't understand why they were making a Barbie movie. Mm. Then when it started coming closer to the release date and I saw some of the trailers and clips and kind of mm. saw the tone of it, yeah, I thought, yeah, oh, yeah. right, I kind of get what they're trying to do here. And yeah. then when I actually saw the film then, I was really pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I think I kind of knew I was going to enjoy it just from the trailer. Like obviously, again, I tried not to watch the trailers, but they were. I actually couldn't avoid them yeah, this time because they were just everywhere. The, yeah. And the little clips online and all yeah. of that. So I think I knew I was going to probably enjoy it because it seemed like it was quite funny. But I enjoyed it even more than I, I thought mm. I was going to. There was... Um as I was watching it at the start when they're introducing you to Barbie's world as such and they're showing you all the other Barbies mm. and stuff like that mm-hmm. and you could see that they're trying to be incredibly inclusive in all mm-hmm. the Barbies they showed and stuff like that and I was watching it going oh is this going to be kind of hitting you over the head in some ways Yeah. and in a way it wasn't before you see it, you kind of go, well, I hope they're a bit more subtle about it. Mm. But then when you see it, you kind of go, yeah, that's about as subtle or not subtle as it needs to be in a way. Yeah. But mm. they don't overdo anything, I don't think. They don't, like they have a, a trans Barbie in there. Yeah. Uh, but they don't really draw attention no, to it. No, not at it. all, they, actually. 
and they could have and no yeah. one, you couldn't really blame them if they did yeah it, it would have been just such fodder to people who are who have an axe to grind well, against the, the film like and was, I'm sure that, it has been oh yeah it definitely know? has been or even just having a trans Barbie in there there's a man oh I can't remember his name now oh there's some man who um he he's all, he spent a lot of the time on Twitter giving out about that, that Ben Shapiro guy. Yeah, that it? guy. Yeah, he's such. A... I've only heard about him for the first time. What is he or who? Like, what? he's like a Piers Morgan type. Okay, you know, he's so he just... just comes out and gives out about anything. Yeah, that he anything that's different from his or feminist or anything yeah, like anything that. Anything that's different from his. What looks like a very boring experience of life. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the, there was some very telling comments he made about his his own wife, about basically. Not believing that women could get as sexually excited as he had seen somewhere, right? And he kind of, everyone's going, "That's very telling about." Oh your God, he's married. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. my God, why would but you he's say an that? Awful individual. Yeah, so he, he's come out with a lot of videos where he's actually burned Barbie, as in has Barbies, Jesus bought a load of Barbies, which people were laughing yeah. about. He's like, "You're just giving Mattel <laughs> yeah, yeah. money now." You know, when you burn it, you don't, you don't get the money back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and just going on these rants and and oh, his reviews, it's just absolutely ridiculous. So it's actually it's been amazing to see the hatred that it's incited oh in some God, yeah. say incel men what's the name of that group is it incel Incels, that, that, yeah, yeah. those type of people yeah, who yeah. just don't but like even, anything even right wing like I don't mean even but like the Piers Morgans of the world who are you know just so thin skinned mm. and just so unwilling to accept anything you know these kind of guys they're, they're, they're what I call the I've done my own research guys yeah you know and um, but just Anything that's slightly anti-man or appears yeah. that way at first glance, they're not willing to engage with it at all. Yeah. It's just reverse sexism. I know. Just, and uh, actually what I was pleasantly surprised about as well when I saw it, I didn't realise it was going to be so much like that. Mm. Is it? But like, there is a whole... So I suppose we're, we're kind of far into it now, but the whole premise is that we start off in Barbie land, we see Margot Robbie, who's stereotypical Barbie. So yeah. there's all these different types of Barbies and she's the stereotypical Barbie. When you think of Barbie, you think of her. But very quickly into it things start to happen to her that aren't supposed to happen yeah, to her Barbie. she starts like having she's intrusive put, thoughts yeah she has uh, thoughts of de- death yeah. uh, her feet go flash yes. uh, she gets a little bit of cellulite like yeah. all this sort of stuff that's not supposed to happen to Barbie and it's because the person who was playing, playing with, with her in the her real world is having is having these problems, type of yeah. thoughts so she goes to see Weird Barbie who's played yeah. by Kate McKinnon so there was a couple of people I didn't know were in it I didn't know Kate McKinnon was in it and I didn't know Will Ferrell was in it so when yeah, I saw yeah. both of those were in it I was thinking oh brilliant because I yeah, think yeah. both of those are so They're funny so and yeah. Will Ferrell I know he just shouts all the time, but he's just so funny. He's like, just one of those people that just you look at his face and you're just, you're just starting so to funny. laugh anyway. The <laughs> yeah. little beady eyes on him just make me laugh so much. Yeah. So uh, she goes to see Weird Barbie and Weird Barbie says there's been some sort of rip in the tear between in the, the portal between yeah. between Barbie land and the real world. So she has to go to the real world to fix it. Yeah. But then ben, Ken, who's played by Ben, Ken, <laughs> who's played by uh, Ryan, Ryan Gosling, um, he for some reason wants to go along with her yeah. because he can't really do anything without Barbie. He has like, no Purpose yeah, in, Ken in their is. World, yeah, know? it's very much that Barbie is everything. Yeah. Ken is just there; he's yeah. just an accessory. But Ryan Gosling, I know there's been a lot of talk about him, but he ha- is just so funny in this he film. Is very he good plays it and so there is well. A, there is a point about two thirds of the way through the movie where he kind of is gone for a bit. Yeah, and you do miss his presence yeah. in the film. Yeah. At, at that point in the film, and it's not necessarily because of him, because everyone else is very good. Yeah, but you kind of miss that dynamic so much. I felt the film dragged a little bit. Which part was that? This was. Um, um, what was happening at that stage? It was he was kind of setting up his Kenland kind of thing, mm. and he would. The story just focused more on 
Barbie in the real world and the America Ferrera characters it drifted to that and I kind of mm. had to yeah. but I think in, at that point the film dragged a little bit yeah. for me yeah, and I, I think it it's just so also because just this l- relentless tone of it I, I don't think the film could quite sustain it for the two hours yeah because actually the first time I saw it I thought it was only an hour and a half and I thought wow that's mm. great that it's went almost by two hours, yeah it, it went yeah. by quite quickly then the second time I realised oh there's actually it's longer it's almost yeah, two yeah. hours and there's a bit more in it than I thought but yeah there's certain points like that yeah. the, with those scenes with America Ferrero which they did need and I think yeah, some yeah. of her scenes were great but there was definitely some sections where I thought this is probably a little bit unnecessary right. because the storyline in general is quite light like they're not pretending there's that lots it's of elements in, in the story that I felt you know I'd seen in other films was like bits of a back to the future kind of element right. here and there mm-hmm. it was a bit of Matrix kind of thing at the yeah. start with the, you know you could take the, the, oh, yeah, the that Moses was she offered when she her was the, like this dial or the Birkenstock <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she said the Birkenstock she's no like option, no 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 you're, you're taking, taking the Birkenstock <laughs> but that that Something whole like that scene was very funny, yeah and, you know? and I just think anything the Kate McKinnon she's she just great. automatically she's it's kind of like Will Ferrell in that anything she's in she automatically makes it funnier and lifts it and she's another one though that that your incel community don't like because she was one of the leads in the female Ghostbusters, for instance, oh, who right. kind of destroyed the childhoods of many fragile men. Okay, yeah. But, but um, that's the thing. When I was watching it then, uh, because I'd just seen the clips and I saw how how it could be perceived as anti-men and I was thinking, wow, I'm surprised there hasn't been more, more uproar from like incel well, men. And then I realised there actually oh, there was are, a massive uproar from people. You just have to go people. to the right uh, venues for that, like yeah. Twitter and the like, or yeah. X. See, that's the thing. Um, I'm not on X at all, so I miss a lot of that yeah. kind of crap, which I'm very happy about. No, you're right. I mean, it, it, the the thing I enjoyed about it was at, in the first kind of moment where Barbie and kind of walking in the real world, and Barbie is getting abuse from yeah. men and cat Sexual calls and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, but she's talking about how she feels very strange and yeah. the undercurrent of violence yeah. and stuff like this. And Ken is like, "I feel amazing." I and feel stuff amazing. like that. Yeah, all of that was great. I just and it's so on the nose. Yeah, it but is. You kind of go. Yeah, it kind of has. This is how yeah. they would talk. And yeah. this, this, they're, they're innocents and this is how they would talk. Mm-hmm. They're not stupid, but they're innocent. Yeah. And, you know, and you can see, you know, when he, he somebody asks Ken the time. Yeah. And he feels so appreciated yeah. that somebody would want to know. And, he, and I can imagine there's a lot of men looking at it and I go, oh, it's just so stupid. But you, you almost feel like saying, can you not see? But the, this is the You're thing. You're so like, close. Can you not just... Joined the, dots, the crazy you know? and kind of sad thing is, however heightened they made the real world, in reality, that is what happens in mm. the real world. M- men yeah. are respected more than women of a course. lot of the time. Men are looked at more than women. There's been loads of situations where I've been out, say, with the man, and a man will come over and they'll just look, they'll just talk to the man. It's mm. as if almost you're not there. Like it happens all well, do the you remember time. When we, there was somebody asking you and I about, we won't talk about names right now, but somebody was asking you and I about camera equipment or something yeah. like that. And I had said, because your experience is way more recent than mine, I said, you're pretty better off asking Lorraine about it. But this person, female, okay. female, yeah. had to talk to the man know, about yeah. it. And I'm literally going, I don't know. I know, Lorraine yeah. knows, yeah, she's right I know. That's, and then it was only then when I prove to them that yes. I knew that what I was talking about then they would come then, to me yeah, first yeah. but I but had, had to, to prove, prove that and that Even happened though, a couple of times when I started here yeah. actually where I had to prove myself first whereas I remember then not that long after that a man started who was younger than me who didn't have as much experience and he didn't have to prove himself he just mm. people just assumed sure. he knew what yeah, he was yeah, doing yeah. so everything that they were talking about in the real world with Ken yeah. however heightened it was it all happens. And, and that's what I just thought was so brilliant to be able to actually yeah. see that yeah. and kind of yeah. and it's done in this sort of slightly jokey way but it is actually quite serious because that is what the real world but is But like. I guess 
you know, what you would hope it would be for some some men watching it would be, oh, I didn't realize it was so blatant or I didn't realize that, you know, what seemed like nothing to me was a considerable thing for somebody else. And this is the thing. So because I can see how as a man, if that sort of thing is happening to you all the time, you mightn't actually notice it because you might just grow up in a culture where you're just so used to people treating you a certain way that you don't mm. notice it. But are men, do you think men are aware of it or is it a thing of... I, I genuinely don't see how anyone in this day and age could not be aware of it. You mm. know, like the, the evidence uh, is all around you. You're being told repeatedly, how could you not know? Unless yeah. you're choosing to ignore it or you don't want to believe it or you, you, you're tr- looking for a loophole to get you off the hook or or you have this kind of, well, it, I don't do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but, you know, it's like that, you know, the idea of, um, you know, uh, you benefit from racism as a white person, yeah. even if you don't actively <clears throat> realize it you or yeah. if you don't feel the benefits in your life, they're kind of there yeah. w- when you need them or yeah. or, or it, when you, maybe not so much in, in, in Irish society, not so much, but I say in American culture those benefits are, are maybe yeah. much more obvious. Oh, yeah, I'd know? imagine so, so. And I can imagine that, and I would say if I was a man, I would probably be the I would be the same as in I might it might be like what you're saying with the the racism thing as a white person there's obviously loads of ways that I'm probably treated better yeah. than somebody who isn't but, white that I I might see and think is terrible at the same time I'm not doing anything I don't think I'm doing anything to kind of reinforce the racism but at the same time I'm benefiting from yeah. that racism but it's like you know? I've heard people say in, in uh, American culture American society like if a black person walks into a shop they feel under suspicion yeah uh whereas a white person probably wouldn't give that a second yeah. thought yeah even if they are or aren't under suspicion it's what they've been brought up in or what they've brought it to expect mm-hmm. and nobody's really doing anything to change that but it's like um there was a relatively recently there was a thing on twitter about um people talking about women feeling unsafe at night and mm-hmm. you know walking home and the threat of violence and and some guy comes on and goes well men get attacked too you know and you're going yeah by men yeah. And, but it, the fact There's that he common theme made here. that connection is I know. unreal yeah. you know? and look, men I can, get attacked too yeah yeah. <laughs> like I can sort of see how well no I'm not going to justify it but I can sort of see how one might feel slightly attacked because I think what's happening now is so different to what used to happen where it just wasn't spoken about. You know, women didn't have as many rights. They were in more danger, still are. And it just wasn't, it was just a given and it was just not spoken about. Whereas now it is more spoken about. So I suppose if there is a man who's a little (coughs) bit more, their ego is a little bit more fragile. I can see how it might seem to them that all of a sudden they're being attacked. They're not. Things no, are just I, being said that were never said you'd before. Have to have very thin skin. Well, yeah, but, but he, and even if you did feel attacked, if you were honest with yourself, you would probably be able to look at the world and go, "Still pretty much in my favor." Yeah, you know, I it's know. just yeah. Not. And like I, I look, I know there's probably lots of there's probably lots of pressures there for a man that maybe aren't there as much for a woman. But at the same, so you know, it's not like <laughs> please don't ask me what they are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking shaving is a bit of a thing. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like I'm saying this now just to try and be a little bit <laughs> balanced. But it's basically when I was watching Barbie, I was delighted because, yeah. and you know what I don't like, it's, and this is the thing, and I think you can be delighted about something like that 
without being a man hater. Mm. It doesn't mean that you hate men. It doesn't mean that you think that all men are like this. I'm very aware that the majority of men do not think like that. You can see that there's a large amount of the, from yeah. the backlash to Barbie. You can see that there's still a large amount I, of them I out there. I would just there. hope that there's they're a very loud minority. That's what I would hope. I think probably they are. I don't, I don't know. even know if I call it minority. I don't think. Yeah, I think there's probably more than we even think yeah. because well, I think there's some people who think like that who don't say it. Now you also, you also get that you get the confirmation bias where you kind of go, yeah. I don't think any of my friends would be feeling this way about it. And, and therefore you hope that that's reflective of wider society. But yeah. I haven't heard anyone go, have you seen this Barbie film? They're really going for us in this one. You know? Right, yeah, <laughs> I, okay. Well, I that's, yeah, but then I again, think... it's like maybe most people who think that way I guess if I have a friend who thinks that way, they probably know that I don't. Yeah. So maybe they don't say it. But, well, that's uh, the thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which is probably the best uh, way. The best way to keep. It. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, but, but I thought I just thought that was I thought that was great that we could actually see that. Yeah. And you film. know, to be honest, as as attacks go, it's fairly mild. It makes mm. very strong points. Yeah. But it doesn't. You know, it's not about hating men and no. at all. And if anything, towards the end, you know, definitely there's a stage where, you know, you can see at the start of the film, um, uh, you can see that Barbie Land is very much a matriarchal society. Mm. Women rule there. So they yeah, kind yeah. of rule there the way men do here. Yeah, and, and, the it, and, it's, yeah, and the whole yeah. thing is that it's actually unfair. Like it yeah. is, they're, they're too much. They have like, there's not enough balance there at all. And even mm. at one stage, Barbie's going into her house and it's girls night and Ken's like, can I stay over? And she's like, no, this is girls I don't want <laughs> you it's here. it's going to be girls yeah. night forever. For, it's like girls night, girls night's every night. And you know, you do yeah. start to feel, and again, you start to feel a little bit sorry for them. Then you think, but yeah, that's but what it's like yeah. in, in the real yeah. world. So, you know, the, and they do make that point towards the end of the film is that neither society it works that way. You can't sure. have one yeah, where yeah. one person, one sex has all the power. Yeah. It, there needs to be more balance. And, e- and even in the in the Barbie version of it, everyone still seemed to be having a great time. Yeah. You know, yeah. even even in a matriarchal society, you know, Ken wasn't unhappy. Yeah, this know? is the thing. And then when it does become a patriarchal society, it's brilliant that the first thing that happens is war. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, this is how we turn them against each other is to <laughs> play them off against you. And it's just, I, I thought it was very clever. I thought yeah. it was a lot smarter than I was expecting it to be. The I songs thought. are very good. I the thought. songs are great. Yeah, 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 they were really good. And um, and it was very moving. You know, yeah. at times it really hit hard in, in a kind of way that you kind of go, like I said Wasn't before, this doesn't need to, didn't need to go this hard, yeah. but it was great. Yeah, the, you, you know, know the bit um, where America Ferreira makes a speech about how how impossible it is to be a woman mm. in this world. I was in the cinema, obviously at the time, and every it just went silent. And yeah. I mean, it was mainly women. I think there was some men in the cinema, but it was mainly women. And you could just because this is what I was thinking, so I'm assuming this is what everyone else was thinking. One, they weren't expected to be almost crying in the sure. Barbie film. Yeah, yeah. Number two, it was just this realization of. Oh my God! Yeah, it is. We can't. It's very hard to win as a woman because mm. there's just all of these different pressures put on you from every side, and you can't. Yeah, you can't win because it doesn't matter what you do. There's going to be somebody there telling you you're not doing it right. But also, I yeah, and I think, like I can't imagine exactly, but it feels like that no matter what happens in a conflict between men and women, and not to say that this is an, an outcome, but it must always feel like at the end of the day for a woman that. If it comes down to the very bottom of it, the man is physically more imposing than mm, the woman. And yeah. that's where it, and, and in a lot of cases, sadly, that's where it ultimately goes to. When yeah. it's disagreement and disagreement, yeah. some guy is going to say, well, there's one way I can definitely win. Yeah. And it's just, but that must live 
for different people at different levels in, in their mind where for some people it might be way 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 down as mm. an, an incredibly unlikely last resort that yeah. this could happen to me but other people it's much more in the foreground well, that's the thing. So, I think yeah luckily I think with most people that are most women in relationships they they just know it would never mm. get to that so it's fine but definitely there's a, at the same time I think there's a lot of women who are in relationships with people more than we probably even know yeah. that it could get like that and yeah that just that fear or that knowing that that could happen it is yeah, yeah it's kind of something it's kind of a similar feeling to what it feels like going out at night there's just sure. always the chance that you could get attacked or this, something could you, happen I don't know if you've watched The Handmaid's Tale I've only watched a couple of episodes right. of it. So in the, I don't know if you saw the episode in the first series where they do a flashback of when the, the moment happened, when the, the turn in society happened where women were essentially enslaved. Okay. And no, men just decided, that. F this, mm. we're doing it. And it, it, yeah. but it was so chilling when it happened because yeah. it was uh, a scene in it where, what's her name, Elizabeth Moss is paying for her coffee with her credit card yeah. and her card gets declined because basically all women's money has been seized. Right. And it's this really chilling moment where because their financial power is taken away mm. and in that moment the guy behind the counter calls her a bitch or something like that because he knows yeah. that this has yeah. happened and it's so chilling. Yeah. But it, it's... it's No, know, that is the thing. I think that's probably something that is even subconsciously it's a subconscious fear possibly yeah. in, in most women is that it's not something luckily that we have to think about most most of the time sure. because the vast majority of men would not resort to that of course. but I think it's probably programmed we know like if everything say went to chaos mm. and say there was some sort of apocalypse or something and yeah. you know that some people did start to turn like that and, yeah. and maybe turn against women yeah you know you don't you can, it's very hard to stand a chance against man because they're physically yeah. physically bigger physically Absolutely. stronger yeah so I, I guess you know, and I, th- I don't think that's the thing that most men appreciate that you know like like if I, if I was talking to somebody about it the other day we were saying about you know about feeling scared at night because I was mm-hmm. in Dublin meeting friends the other night and as I was going heading off from my bus I was going it, I noticed that it felt like everything in Dublin was darker yeah it feels it really like the, they've cut the light yeah, bill in half yeah. and it's just like why is especially every especially O'Connell Street yeah which it's is almost crazy. pitch dark o- O'Connell Street is terrible at the yeah. moment I really but don't I was, like walking and I was going, up it and I felt I never feel that scared or worried in town you know and stuff I know I know where to go and where to avoid and stuff like that but um, it's uh, you know this idea that if I'm walking home and a, and a woman is walking near or close to me I feel like I should either speed up to get away from them yeah. or slow down to let them get away yeah. from me so they don't feel uncomfortable it's, or cross the road it's probably, even if it's not in my the way I'm going if I can cross the road for enough to, to, to give that feeling that it, you know you're okay Um because you don't want to say anything. Yeah. You don't want, you don't want to, you know. I'm not going to attack you. I'm not you. going to kill you. <laughs> Who was that? Don't worry. Yeah. Who was that that was saying that, that you just make loads of noise behind them so that <laughs> yeah. they're aware that you're there? Not a murderer. <laughs> like one of those, you know, like that band. Oh, in yeah, the Mary one man band. <laughs> the big bass drum on <laughs> just, your back. Just to be aware. Symbols between There's your knees. <laughs> I swear, I'm not going to attack yeah. you. No, I think that's probably a good idea and that might seem extreme to some people. But yeah, I think it's just even letting the woman know, yeah, I know I'm a man, but I'm too yeah, safe. But it's I'm like, not going to attack you. You know, if there was a guy there or anything like that or, you know, generally men walk through the world oblivious yeah. for the most part, mm-hmm. you know, and um, uh, it's a luxury we we never have to mm. think about. It. Like it, as they were saying in it, you know, the, like their first moment in when they were at, walking along and they're rollerblading yeah. here. And, you know, Ryan Gosling, Ken is loving it, you know, yeah. feeling validated and, you yeah. know, admired and yeah. stuff like that. And, and no threat feeling, of violence at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel very, that. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't very <laughs> much a sense of violence. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. I thought the way she explained that, like everything, it's so funny, everything that they talked about in the film, it seems so obvious, 
but when they said it I thought they articulated it so Mm. well and yeah it's very on the nose but that suits the film because she is someone who's coming from this world where this doesn't happen yeah and it's these kind of the ideas coming out of these innocent characters in a way these agendaless characters yeah. in a way they're almost like children they're yeah. almost like intelligent like children, children seeing or something. it for the first time yeah. and you kind of go and that makes you see it again yeah, like exactly. I'm obviously well, really aware of this people... but like as in that makes one see it again they're going yeah that is the way it is and yeah. that is crazy that you can't walk down but, the street you know, the, without there's the thing I kind of not that I worry about it but I yeah because I don't think it's most people but I think there's enough people who are going to look at this and go pfft not like that mm. you know and not sit and listen to what it's doing you know yeah I do wonder I don't know if it's actually going to have that much impact on that type of energy that's yeah, in the world yeah. in terms of slightly more intimidating energy that some mm. that women feel from usually from sure. men but what I suppose is brilliant is just well, the fact that you know it's just past the one billion dollar yeah, a year or yeah. whatever it is mark which is and it's the top grossing film of any solo director solo film d- female director ever right, okay. so i think that's amazing yeah, i think yeah. it's just going to make and it's the first blockbuster really you could say that's been directed by a woman i think so like think... i can't think of any other blockbuster that's been directed by a, a solo female as in Certainly, it hasn't been the a... first to make a billion dollars that's yeah sure. so I just I think that's amazing I don't know how much it's going to change if there are people like I suppose men or maybe not just men but if there are people who think like that I think mm. oh, it's not like that and that's that this is really over exaggerated it's not, sorry, it's not, it's not just men there are women yeah. there are some women who think like that too yeah, who are very much a fan of the patriarchal society and they think mm. that too so I don't think it's going to change their mind but what it might do is make films like this more common. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, I think it's it's such a uh, it's such a fine line, uh, difficult thing to get right. You yeah. know that level of satire, I guess, uh, yeah. with that kind of such a well known intellectual property. Although Cindy yeah. or Cindy Barbie, you could argue <laughs> is what's the difference? <laughs> oh yeah, Barbie has a C- career. Cindy doesn't. Yeah, oh, it's they mention it. Yeah. But Barbie is very much because uh, I thought when I was a kid, Barbie kind of replaced Cindy as a doll Cindy was more popular and then Barbie came along oh right God I've kind of when yeah. I was a kid Barbie yeah Barbie was really really popular yeah. That was the, but I do remember Cindy I just thought Cindy was kind of like the Aldi version of Barbie but maybe it was no, Cindy first. No, it was, first, the, it was then, first, I think. And was, they, was Cindy made by Mattel as well? No, I don't think so. I think okay. it was a different company. And she just, they just got discontinued, did they? I think I think you could still get them, but I just don't think they have any, they don't compare. You know? Oh, okay, um, yeah, got it. Got Barbie it, always seemed more of an adult than the Cindy. Oh, okay. Doll. But yes. anyway, it, 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 certainly it's a character that's a, a, a property that's a blank slate. You yeah. can yeah. invest whatever you want it to do. That's but I think it's such a weird confluence of things I think it's hard to get that right again. But I think it mm. just shows that there is room for a risk with this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's the thing. That, but maybe it's the... Maybe if if they didn't have the Barbie name, you wouldn't get people in the door so much because of the nostalgia it has mm. for people and their, their youth. It's kind of like but, the... But you're not going to get this from Thundercats, the movie, which no, is another Mattel property that day. Or, you know, so. Yeah, and you know what else? Like We've been obviously been talking about and just like that recently. And, you know, they... I think they're an example of... Uh, a show that didn't take enough of a risk in that and they were, they're they not being smart enough and they're being a bit lazy about it because mm. they knew they had the audience there. Yeah, so they're kind of doing yeah, yeah. what Barbie didn't 
decide to do. So Barbie could have just rested yeah. on its laurels I, and, and knew that it would have an audience yeah. and just done the safe option, which I think, just like that, I don't even think in just like that is safe. I think it's just the lazy option. Yeah. But Barbie decided like, not to do that. It feels like the writers are like literally are playing with the Sex and the City dolls. Yeah. And not really yeah. putting, they're putting as much they're thought into real. the story that a bunch of people would playing with dolls. And then this happens, and yeah. then this happens. It's, not, it's like the, the characters of Barbie, which is about dolls, are yeah. almost more fleshed out than Absolutely. the characters. Are. And not just like that. There, there are there are no characters really. There there's very thinly drawn, you know, characters who've had bumps on the head. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's what it, it seemed like. Yeah. But what I was really surprised about was the Mattel involvement. So I didn't think when I realised what type of film this is and that it's yeah. a satire and that it's a satirical look at um not only the patriarchal society but how Barbie in some ways did contribute to that mm. and did you know now I think I don't know is Bar- Barbie still around you can yeah, still yeah. buy Barbies yeah. but I'm assuming now she's become a little bit more feminist but she definitely wasn't when she started out first right. of all so and how even the way she looks and everything might have contributed to might have had negative effects on some women like they talk so yeah. and they talk about all of this in the film so yeah. I was surprised at how uh, much Mattel was involved in it I think it's a brilliant mm. decision that they were oh, yeah, because now it's made Barbie Barbie looked like this feminist icon. Yeah, so it's and I guess just they, make it more popular. They brought out the career Barbie range very quickly into its run because right. there was, it was all these accusations of Barbie being a, in, in their words, a bimbo and all of this stuff. Yeah, and uh, so they they brought out the the career Barbies. But again, I you know it was always a, a point of ridicule in a way. Mm-hmm. Like there's no way Barbie could be a brain surgeon and all yeah. this. <laughs> garbage you know but, but it was great when they showed the discontinued Barbies as well like oh, yeah, the one yeah, who's is. you lift up her arm and her boobs get bigger <laughs> <laughs> and the one then the just and then the one who was pregnant yes the discontinued yeah, yeah. her and, and then a couple of the oh Rob it's it Rob Ryden I'm always forgetting not Rob Ryden Rob Ryden the Rob guy Brighton, from yeah, yeah uh, he has do you remember he was the sugar daddy in it he's only in it for a couple of seconds oh yeah so yeah, apparently yeah, his yeah. part was supposed to be a lot bigger really okay. and it was just cut down to this tiny little scene right. <laughs> yeah. I forgot he was in actually quite spot him straight away yeah. but uh, yeah I thought it was great and I'd really recommend it to anybody mm. I thought it's it's very funny in parts yeah. it's always clever it's uh, the songs are great yeah it's it's slightly too long, but I couldn't tell you what I cut out of it. Yeah, that's know? the thing. Because the first time I watched it, I actually I think thought, most films are slightly too long. Well, see, to everything's honest, too long now, so actually... Which we're going to get into. Yeah, <laughs> so when I first saw it, I thought, oh, brilliant, lovely short film, out in an hour and a half. But it's actually a little bit longer than that. But yeah. Um, So yeah, it possibly could have been a little bit shorter. But yeah, it's hard to know what to yeah, take out. You, you do kind of need... Really, like yeah. the story the storyline is quite slight, but I think the satirical look yeah. at the patriarchal society and the, the negative, the terrible effects that that can have. Yeah. I think that was really clever and I I just think it all really hinges on Margot Robbie Mm. Ryan Gosling is great he's very funny and his commitment to it is hilarious and it's just his facial expressions and line deliveries are just so good Yeah, but it's it's an easier role in a way. It's a very mm-hmm. showy, funny, yeah. hard to mess he gets up all role. The funny but lines. he's great, yeah. and I don't want to take anything away from it. But she is, yeah. But she's always good. Yeah, in everything. she is amazing. You know? And that, and I read a review saying this, and it's true that if it was somebody else playing Barbie who wasn't as good as Margot mm. Robbie, it might have fallen a bit flat in its yeah. face. It might have had, but she is so good. And yeah, it's a tougher role yeah. to, to play as well. But when she's like, even scenes which in, in lesser hands of, of, of the director and her. Like where she's sitting on the bench and she sees the old woman sitting mm-hmm. beside her and you realise she's never seen seen an old woman before. Yeah, yeah. And just that exchange they have is just so lovely. And just yeah. just her expression as she's looking around at yeah. all the girls at the park 
it was that that was for me the most moving part of it, you know. Yeah. And just you know her seeing all the potential in these girls and. But yet, starting to realize all the obstacles Obst- that were coming their yeah, way, yeah. you know, and it was just really moving. Yeah, no, it was you know? great. And they want apparently the studio wanted to cut that scene with the old lady out. Really, and Greta Gerwig flat oh, out no, refused. She said, "No, that's the, you're just taking oh, out the so heart good. of the movie." Then, yeah, no, it was. Yeah, it so, was and great. I would really recommend it. Recommend I, I liked it, it even much more than I thought I was going to, and yeah. I liked it even more the second time. Yeah. So we're recommending recommend a film it. that's made a billion dollars. I mean, yeah. it's, you know, you know, every every little counts. Yeah, exactly. This podcast is very influential. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that was Barbie. Okay. So now we'll move on to Oppenheimer, the okay. three-hour masterpiece, as some people are calling yeah. it, Oppenheimer. And here is Will's intro. Oppenheimer is director Christopher Nolan's 12th movie and his sixth collaboration with actor Killian Murphy. This time Murphy plays the titular lead of J. Robert Oppenheimer and the film is based on the book American Prometheus by authors Kai Bird and Michael J. Sherwin. Telling the story of the race to build the atomic bomb and the hopes that its one-time use will end the Second World War, we follow a cold, emotionless, but somehow relentlessly successful womanising Oppenheimer through the development and deployment of the bomb and the subsequent legal issues he faces afterwards. Will the three-hour running time cause Lorraine to explode, leaving me to deal with the fallout? Let's find out if Oppenheimer is their bomb or just a box office bomb. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> so right. I'd seen this quite early in its Yeah, you run. did actually. Are you a Christopher Nolan fan? I am. Yeah, yeah well, I know. I haven't seen a film of his in a while, but any film I've seen of his, I've really liked. I do. I think he's very good. Was now, Dunkirk I, his last one? Um, oh, was it? If, oh no, did he? Is did he do nineteen seventeen? No. Oh, Sam Mendes. Oh, right. They're, he did. they're very similar films. Yeah, so they they are, Dunkirk actually, is his one. No, I did see Dunkirk. I really liked that. Um, I really liked Interstellar. Now, it, it took me three or four times to watch it, but I was watching it when I got to Malaysia. I was very jet lagged mm. and it's such a long film I just kept yeah, falling yeah. asleep but I, I loved you it you felt like you were time travelling <laughs> yeah. at that stage perfect it's happening to me now yeah. but um, I, but I did love it though But and I've loved The Dark Knight and you know I, I loved Inception at the time now I, I have a feeling he's probably a director who I loved a lot when I was say in my 20s the mm. 20s I I don't know if I like his films as much now as I used to. Yeah, some of them are, are like I love um, The Prestige might be my favourite. I haven't seen that. That's really good. I really like What's that. What's that about? Uh, kind of uh, competitive magicians in the 80, late 1800s. Oh, maybe I have seen and that. It's just the been... lengths they will go to. Is that quite you know, a long film as well? Not particularly, but <laughs> I have it's, a film I've, it's not a short. None of his films are short. I have a know? feeling I've seen this film and it's one of the ones I've forgotten about, like Magnolia, oh, where I, I think, it, yeah. I haven't seen that. And then I watch it and think, yeah. this all looks oh, very yeah. familiar. Um, <laughs> and I really like, uh, what was the other one he did? Uh, uh, Inception. Oh, really Inception's great. It's yeah. great fun. No, it's really you know? good. Yeah. Uh, Interstellar, I wasn't overly crazy about this whole idea that love as a as a force as as important as gravity and physics <laughs> you know, just kind of what stop oh, <laughs> oh you, you big cynic well i know but come on <laughs> like oh god his his love for his daughter is moving a watch hand across dimensions to tap out morse code 
No! <laughs> Stop! It's so stupid. I did really like Interstellar, but I thought it was too long. I thought it could have lost. It could have lost a, a half an hour at least, maybe even yeah. an hour. But yeah. I, I must watch it again, actually. You know, yeah, in no, full. I'd, be, I'd like to watch it again. But actually, it, it, it's yeah. not as good as... I know it's a completely different film, but say Arrival, I think, is a lot better yeah, than it. Absolutely. But I know they're about different things, but at the same yeah, time, about they're, time. They're, they're and, yeah. of, of a type. You but know? I think Arrival did in maybe maybe slightly clever way. But anyway, yeah. so I am, I am a fan of Christopher Nolan. I got this feeling that I probably wasn't going to enjoy his films or it'll get to a stage where I'm not going to enjoy his films as much I don't know why I think again the length I find really long yeah. films a Actually, bit you know pretentious last... now almost yeah. like, as yeah, in like that. not yeah. pretentious but almost um, indulgent indulgent yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah in that the, that's just people being afraid to tell the director no yeah. this is too long you don't Narrow need it to be this long bit, yeah but uh, his previous one was Tenet that was the other I one I didn't see that yeah I thought that was a genuinely bad film oh yeah, what was I, that it, about it was about, good question. It's about this uh, guy, Kenneth Branagh, who's trying to destroy the world oh. simply because he's dying, from what I can gather. And he, he's very bitter about it. Right. He's like a super villain kind of guy. Tenant. Tenant. T-E-N-E-T. And it's about this other guy, John David Washington Denzel's son. Oh, right. Who is moving backwards or forwards through time in a kind of very obvious time is physically reversing kind okay. of way, going backwards through time. God, he just, loves his time films. Yeah, but this is so confusing. And mm. there's a point in it where two characters are having a conversation on a like a twin hulled, like a catamaran boat kind yeah. of thing. And the, the sound of the sea is so loud and purposely makes so loud in the mix that you can barely hear what they're saying. You were telling me, was so it you that bad. was telling me about this? Uh, Might be, yeah. yeah. and you were saying you couldn't understand, like it was an obvious choice that yeah. he'd made. And then I looked it up afterwards. I was going, no, it's not me. And I don't have some impending hearing problem that I have to worry about. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah, but anyway, this is um, his... Uh, version of the book American Prometheus yeah J. Robert Oppenheimer mm-hmm. did you know much or, about Oppenheimer before uh, a little film? bit because I'd see there was a couple of other films that had touched on right. this topic before okay and um, and I knew a little bit about it anyway uh, but not so much about him as a as a person and just his personal life and all of that which comes up a lot in the, yeah. in the film okay but, so it's about the American pursuit of uh, creating the uh, atomic bomb ahead of Germany, who they feel have a 18-month head start mm-hmm. on them. And it's just a matter of who's going to drop it first and whoever drops it first is going to win the war. That's what yeah. they feel is going to happen. Mm-hmm. And it's just the pursuit of it, at least for the first two hours anyway. Yeah. It's the pursuit of making that bomb and dropping it. Yeah. So how did you feel about it? What was your initial Yeah, I was really it? excited to see it. I kept, obviously, you know, the marketing on that was almost as good as Barbie in that and I think maybe the Barbie the fact that there was so much about Barbie uh, Oppenheimer kind of looked out in a way in that they probably didn't even need to spend as much on their marketing as no, they, they would have yeah because they were carried along on the yeah. on the Barbie wave now I think there would have been a lot of um, advertising advertising about it anyway and marketing mm. about it anyway and people would have been really excited to see this because it's Christopher Nolan mm. it's it's about Oppenheimer it's about the nuclear bomb uh, Killian Murphy is in it who's generally very good and there was a mm. lot of there was a lot of buzz about it anyway but I do think it was helped along with the, the Barbie wave so but I was really looking forward to seeing it I really like Christopher Nolan I really like Kelly Murphy mm. I think he's a really good actor and it just I just thought from what I'd seen and heard about it I thought I was going to really really enjoy it then when I watched it I did 
It is a good film, but I have to say I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I was going okay. to. One, yeah, yeah. it was way too long. Yeah. Like three, like I thought it could have been an hour shorter. I thought everything up yeah. until the bomb <clears throat> test was mm. very good. Up yeah. until they did the test in um, Las, Lam- what, Las, Las Alamos. Las Alamos. Um, I thought that was very mm. good. I thought the scene where they, the bomb goes off is in, in the test. I think the way that was done, particularly with the sound, was yeah, amazing. Yeah. I thought the hour after that really dragged. And I know that they're trying to show the witch hunt yeah, that happened to Oppenheimer it, it afterwards. It felt like an extra movie bolted onto it, the back That's of the it, thing. You know? I think they tried to put too much into the one movie. Mm. And as a result, first of all, so many things were happening. I thought it moved along. It was strange. It was so long. But lows happened in it. And they were trying to get across so much stuff that it all happened very quickly. Like mm. there was huge moments like oh I kind of so apparently Oppenheimer went to some it was at a Dutch college or something and he had to give this was before the atom bomb at the kind of early on in his career and he had to give a speech and people were saying, well, he's not going to be able to do that. He doesn't speak Dutch. And then all of a sudden he was able to give yeah, this talk in, yeah. in Dutch and he had learned Dutch. And this was an amazing thing. Like that, Now, I know they can, they can only show these bits for, you know, a certain amount of time. That was like maybe 10 seconds in the film. And this right. was a huge, yeah, you know, yeah, I think yeah. this was, it seemed like this was one of the, the first moments where people thought, wow, this, this guy's really good. And mm-hmm. he's, he's a really amazing yeah. physicist and, and, and he earned a lot of credibility from that. And there was just these huge moments that would kind of zip along very quickly. And yeah. even conversations were almost the way they were cut. I just found I was watching it going, sorry, what's going on? And yeah. it's kind of one of those films anyway. And I do find this happens a lot with Christopher Nolan films where I thought, okay, I'm going to have to watch that again. And I know sometimes that just happens with films. But I don't know, The I found the pacing of it was a bit off a mm. little bit. I thought it kept skipping in time, you know, so it would go from um, different trials sure. that were happening at the time, like the trial with Levi Strauss, and then it would kind of skip to, I mm. suppose, what was supposed to be present day and then skip to maybe the future and then back again. And some bits were in black and white, some bits were in colour. But it all happened so fast. I found it hard to get my head around it at the mm. start, actually. Yeah. Even felt, though it's such a long film, I, yeah. it almost felt like the moments were, there were... I think he was trying to pack too much yeah. into the one film. It felt like the, it, it might have been a, like a five-hour cut that they had to hack down to three. Yeah. And in order to get everything they needed, they just had to trim scenes to the bone just they, to get the, And they really did. And he learned Dutch really quickly. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. Yeah, and even like moments like when he met... Like, I didn't know what was going on with Florence Pugh for the first mm. while. So Florence Pugh plays Jean... Um, Jean, a woman that he knows um, who is his girlfriend but then he ends up meeting Kitty who he ends up marrying I think he gets her pregnant and I think that's why they marry why did the Florence Pugh character why was their relationship secret was she married why didn't they just have a relationship? Why did it have to? Why couldn't they be together? What I think the, because he met Kitty. So apparently he was a ladies' man. This is the whole thing. That's another but thing they don't really explain. No, a, they don't. Know, but apparently he was a bit of yeah, a ladies' man, he, and, 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 and he very, had affairs and different and things like, like that. With the partners of his friends and oh, stuff really? like that. And right. All this kind of okay, stuff. Okay. Yeah. Know, really kind of. Yeah. The question is kind of character quite a bit I know? see that's the thing because it wasn't explored properly in the film I don't know why him and Jean just weren't in a proper relationship yeah, maybe yeah. he was just a bit too much of a ladies man I think maybe it's something to do with the fact that he got Kitty pregnant and then they had to get married I but think. even before that it seemed like they could be together but they just weren't she had and a lot then of then he got the girl pregnant and then they definitely then, couldn't yeah you know? she had a lot of mental health issues so right. I don't know if yeah, that yeah. had something to do with it as well I don't know again because it wasn't explored in the film so yeah like that there's one scene where he comes to her house and he has a bunch of flowers and she gets really really angry and throws them in the bin now this is like the second scene that we've seen her in all we've seen of them right. before this is just an interaction at a party oh and then they have sex very quickly and then the next thing she's throwing his flowers in the bin it's, it just all happens so quickly yeah. and 
there's there's no, it's very condensed and because very, they're trying to fit so much in. There's no time to build these yeah. relationships. Really, there's a scene in it where the two of them are sitting naked. Yeah, and in the hotel room. Yeah, and Florence Pugh is there, fully naked. But it turns out it's a digital body double. Of Florence Pugh. Yeah, and I was about oh. to go. This is so strange. Why do they need to do this? This doesn't seem like, like for for an actor to <clears throat> do any kind of nudity like that. Just seems like, you know, what's the point of this? Yeah, in this I didn't. Scene? I just didn't. And it's a digital body double. Yeah. So that's somebody, somebody else's, else's body, body, or they've altered it digitally. No, somebody else's body. Okay. Yeah. Well, as then it doesn't make any sense. Why? Well, then why bother? Why not just have them her in a robe or something? Yeah. Exactly. I, I just thought that the nudity is it's so well it's so unusual for like a top celebrity like that or a top actor like that at the top of the game to just kind of do this. It just yeah. seems so unnecessary. Yeah. I did would, think that scene seemed a bit unnecessary. I suppose it was maybe like just Killian tr- Murphy had his lad out. That'd be something else. Yeah. You know, at least you kind of go Ferris Fair here, but. Yeah, but that's that kind of rarely the case, isn't it? It's It's normally like the woman's boobs are out, usually sometimes full frontal, and then the men are like hiding everything. All modest. (laughs) Even in The Wolf of Wall Street, which is a film that I hate, but the one time you see a penis in that, having seen so much female Mm. full frontal nudity is a prosthetic. It's not even real. Yep. Just anyway, can't catch that's... a break. <laughs> where are we going to see Willie's online? <laughs> oh, do you know where you see Sam Levinson? He's all What's, about that. the guy who made Euphoria and the Idol. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I digress. He's doing his bit for equality. Yeah. Um, I digress. But yeah, that scene seemed a bit strange. I suppose mm. it was supposed to suggest that they had just had sex. Yeah, but it's, and you know, we don't need to see boobs to, to understand that. I yeah. mean, it just seems so... And you get to see Florence Pugh's boobs. <laughs> it kind of just seems, what? I know. But so... it's, the fact that it was digitally altered as well, yeah. I didn't know that. That's really strange. But yeah, my biggest problem with it was that I thought it, it was, it's, it's a strange thing of that it was too long, but at the same time it moved through everything too fast. Yeah. So it was, it was in, I was in the cinema for too long of a time. Like I felt, again, everything up into the bomb. I felt it was all moving very fast, but I thought, okay, no, this is interesting. I was looking forward to the, the bomb test part mm. because I knew that was going to be good because I think Christopher yeah, yeah. Nolan is very good at those type of scenes I think he's really good at sound his films always have great yeah, sound absolutely. design in them yeah, yeah. the sound design when the bomb went off I thought was amazing it was kind yes. of like the absence of sound almost yeah. and I think second. that's probably the only way to do it you, yeah. just going louder and louder and louder is just you know you just can't really win at yeah. that, you know. And in a crappy cinema with terrible speakers or whatever, it's not really going to work. Yeah, so yeah. just go the other way, which yeah. is very clever. And I think he did that really well. But then the final hour, then I just found definitely, you know, once once you go over the two hour mark at all, I think you're kind of going into yeah. dangerous area. Two and a half hours, but then I was like, right, when is this going to be over? Yeah. But I thought that hour was good. It was just. I'd had to sit through two before yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's no, and, it was good, and it was good to see I, how the, the witch hunt they put him through afterwards. But, but I yeah, think we they just watched too maybe much. Maybe they could have done. I think what they could have done, they could have taken most of that hour and put it into the first two. Yeah. So even if the film was even still the same spice, length, yeah, yeah, it it wouldn't feel like it was dragging on an extra yeah. hour past what was kind of an obvious end. Yeah. You know. Um, but I thought Robert Downey Jr. was very good. Yeah, he's it. very good. He was yeah. great. Yeah. And um, what did you think of Kelly Murphy? I thought he was very good. I actually owe you an apology because we were talking about this and you were saying how good you thought he was. And I was going, no, no, he's beyond a bit. He hasn't done anything. And then I was thinking of all these great films he's done. Yeah. He's so good. He's great. So I apologize <laughs> yeah. for that. I was embarrassed That's to think of that. But no he, um, in this, I thought he was very understated. Mm. He was very, and I think 
possibly the least interesting character in the whole thing. Right, okay. I thought Florence Pugh was great. I thought Matt Damon really, was Really, I thought very she good. was very underused. I thought... Well, yeah, I thought she was underused, definitely. But like, I was thinking what she to was myself, there for, I just wanted her to be there more. You yeah, know? well, that's... Like, I was even thinking, why did you bother <laughs> getting Florence Pugh if she's only going to be in whatever it is? Yeah, I feel, it felt like that there was more that they shot and didn't use, you know? Yeah, maybe. Um, it seemed like she was <coughs> in very little of the movie. But even... Like, I did think the female characters were very much sidelined. Like, yeah. even with and his I, wife, Kitty. I guess, in a way, in that world, it, it would have been... Yeah, would have been the case. Yeah. Now, Katie kind of comes into her own in the third act, you could say, when she's in the um, interrogation scene, and then and she has a scene then where she's great in it, and that. But but up until then, again, I thought she was very much sidelined. But yeah, I I suppose that's the way probably it would have been at the time. Yeah, and but that doesn't mean they can't bring her into the film more as a character, you know. Yeah. But it's um, I thought uh. Who else did I do? I thought Matt Damon was very good. He was there. great. Yeah, he yeah. was really good. Nice to see Josh Hartnett again. Haven't yeah, seen he him was in great, a while. Actually. I think he's, he's in an episode of, of Black Mirror that I haven't watched yeah, yet. Yeah, and he's always good. Like, there's a good vampire movie called 30 Days a Night that he's in. Which oh, is yeah, very I haven't good. seen that. It's very good. It's a, it's an interesting take on it. It's not it's a not a dumb movie, you know? Right, okay, yeah. Um, but I always thought he was good in whatever he was in, you know. He apparently had terrible problems of in his career at, at the hands of other people. Oh, just, yeah, what happened to him? Why did he go? not sure. I, uh, I have a feeling that it was, uh, he was being potentially abused by people or oh. whatever, being business or personally or oh, something. Oh, right, like, okay. Just had a and then he stopped he, for a long time. And he just kind of left it, which oh. I admire him, but it's, yeah. it's just, but he's very good. It's nice to see him back, though. He, he was great. great in it. Yeah, he no, really he was good. very good. Um, so, so, yeah, I had a couple of problems within that. I thought it was too long, but at the same time, it moved through things too fast. The other thing I kind of found was there was definitely moments I was laughing at that I wasn't supposed to be laughing right. I thought it was a little bit melodramatic in some parts and even the acting I thought was a little I don't know if it was the anything dialogue I can't think of anything in particular I just I think maybe some of those party scenes as well sometimes when they have to move scenes along as quickly as well, they can thing. make it seem I think because it was being moved along and we were kind of coming in in the middle of a conversation and then going out very quickly or somebody would say something mm. and it was this huge revelation but we just met that person right, and okay, I, I yeah, don't yeah. know there was a couple of things that happened like that or there was one moment I remember laughing where Oppenheimer comes out of somebody's house I think it might be Strauss's I'm not sure Robert Downey Jr's and the car goes by and then Albert Einstein is there yeah. <laughs> as if like he just happened to be walking by the house it's yeah. like ah come on like, yeah. you know it was great that Einstein was in the film that was yeah. and I think the guy I've forgotten his name but Tom the actor Conte. who plays him yeah. is, is very good but there was moments like that where he got a bit melodramatic or got a little yeah, bit unrealistic and, and again I think it was because they're just trying to do things quickly and I guess when, he, when a character like Albert Einstein pops up you kind of go it's, it's so shocking but that he is in their world. He's yeah, not, he is. It wouldn't be unusual for them to bump into. But I didn't mind them. Seems, that, I know what you mean. Though, I thought yeah. that scene at the lake between. Yeah. I, I thought that was a love. That all of those scenes were lovely. I thought yeah. they thought they looked lovely. I thought the conversation between them they were all great. Yeah. I and it was properly drawn out in mm. a way. I would have liked more scenes like that. Whereas, yeah. But the scene where he just shows up behind a car, like it's somebody's yeah. house, <laughs> and all of a sudden he's just there. So I thought that was there a bit ridiculous. Need him to be there at that moment, um, your man Rami Malek who won the Oscar for the first two hours I just thought is he is he he just here to hold pens because that's all he was doing (laughs) he was getting pens thrown at him but when they used them he was great but then he was great Then, but it really seemed like for the first two hours so I kind of thought why are they getting all these great actors like Florence Pugh and Rami Malek to not be doing a whole yeah it's kind of like stunt casting in a way where you kind of go this guy is too good for this role he's obviously going to be important later yeah or 
they've cut his part, you know. Yeah, well, I, I think that probably happened a lot, that a lot mm. of people's parts were cut. I just think maybe I need to see it again. The other thing I really wanted to see, and I thought there was going to be more of, I thought we were going to see more of his regret about the bomb. I thought that's what most of the film was going to be about. I thought we were going to see the lead up to the bomb. And then afterwards, I actually thought it was going to be more of a psychological thing of the effect that it had on him. Yeah, I don't... See, I think the... Um, obviously, everything leading up to the bomb is more physical and, and cinematic, if you like. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how much he wrestled with it afterwards. Well, see, that's the thing. You know since I mean? then, I've listened he's to... He's such a cold character, yeah, you know? Since then, I've listened to, you know, that podcast, The Rest is History. Mm. There's two episodes on Oppenheimer. Yeah. And they talk about that. They say how definitely there's been times where he's shown regret, where he, obviously he went into Truman and said, I feel like I've got blood in my hands. And mm. apparently that whole conversation was quite accurate. Yeah, and that yeah. Truman was saying, oh, well, basically, fuck you, I have more yeah, blood on my hands than you and get this like, crybaby out of here. Like apparently he, yeah, in. said all that sort of stuff. But, um, but then he would also, him and his wife on the day, the anniversary of the dropping of the bomb would be kind of walking around town all proud of themselves and mm. very like, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the end. So, I, so I, I don't know how much regret I think what came had. across was that uh, at that time, obviously, you, you can only imagine what that bomb did when it dropped on a city. Yeah. And they, they had no they couldn't visualize what yeah. it would do. Like they'd seen the test and everything like that, but I don't think they could have, I don't, I don't think you can comprehend that mm. scale of death. I didn't you know? realize actually as well how many people were killed yeah, by yeah, it. Yeah. It was like an like incredible amount of And then to people. do it again three days later, it I is know. just kind of, you know, yeah. wasn't one enough. Yeah. Think? Like it is like, maybe it's just a film I need to watch again. I could be a bit hard on it, but my, yeah. my feeling on it is, I think it's almost too busy to reach its potential. I think it could have been an amazing film. And now yeah. it's getting great reviews again. People are calling it a masterpiece, all yeah. that sort of stuff. People are saying, and it is amazing that, you know, it's a blockbuster that's about a physicist. You know, that's yeah. like, and there, yeah. that hasn't really happened before. Sure. But for me, it just felt like that he was trying to cram too much into even though he had three hours, he was still trying to cram too much into it. So it somehow ended up feeling too busy, but also too long yeah. at the same time. I think time. It, the book is like seven, eight hundred pages. And okay. I think they try to include too much of it, you know? Yeah. And I think just what that hap- what happens there is you just end up with these very condensed, sped along kind of scenes. And, you know, they they become functional and you don't have the luxury of dwelling on them yeah. in the performance, if you like, you mm-hmm. know, or in, in the edit. So <clears throat> I think it was just... Uh, an exercise of trying to fit too much in. That said, <clears throat> I really enjoyed it, and I was thinking, um, the last time I seen the the only film I can think to compare this to was something like JFK, right? You know, and I okay. very much felt like that to me. Like this, it's always this information dump on top of you where you're just trying to take it yeah. so much, and you have to be brought up to speed on physics a little bit, and you have mm, to kind of yeah. You know, there's a lot that the film has to teach you. Yeah. So you get these moments where it's like one character going, "Are you telling me that this, yeah. this, and this? Exposition. Yes, that thing that you should obviously know, and we don't need to mention to each other. <laughs> yeah. That is what we're talking about. Yeah, you know? I know, and that's the thing. And like, like I understand there, there's you know you had to get in his backstory a little mm. bit you had to get in his work as a physicist you had to everything leading up to the bomb and then you also had to put in the witch hunt as well so like I understand that all those parts needed to be there but it just yeah yeah it lot. felt like a lot see you know it was one of those things we kind of go if this had been Oppenheimer the TV series mm. you know well see that's the thing maybe yeah. that actually could have worked really well yeah. I, you know, I like a five part TV series could have yeah. done the job you know? yeah something like that could have worked well and I think that's just... maybe a, a thing that more directors need to consider is, yeah. is this a work that needs to be 
but Christopher Nolan is very much yeah he's very cinema. much a filmer yeah. a, a filmer a a film, film, a <laughs> he's a filmer guy he's, uh, he's very much a, he a, fil- <laughs> a film guy but at the same time when you think about um, that uh, oh god the um, oh my god what's the name of it uh, the name of the show <laughs> Oh God! Are you thinking of Chernobyl? <laughs> yes. Oh, <laughs> how, did you, how did you get that? I don't know. I guess nuclear, yeah. atomic TV. So that, you know that was a TV series that one mm. before the TV series came out. You might think, oh yeah, one film would do that, but it really benefited just from being the, a TV the series. Breathing room to yeah, kind of, and it was yeah. still very cinematic at the yeah, same time. Absolutely. So I think something like that could have worked mm. really well for yeah. Oppenheimer. Definitely, but, definitely. So that's what I think. But yeah, maybe I'll watch it again. You know, in a way, I actually enjoyed Barbie more than it, which I know sounds kind of silly, but yeah. I feel it was a bit more self-contained on, on each of their own terms I think Barbie's probably the better film in terms of it succeeds in, in what it's trying to in do in what it's trying to do yeah I don't think there's much in it they, they both feel like 8 out of 10 to me right okay you know? I, yeah I think I would have given Barbie maybe an 8 out of 10 maybe 8.5 and yeah, Oppenheimer 7 oh, for I, me. they wouldn't be that different for me in terms of end result but I can see the, the running time is definitely yeah well issue, that's the thing know? yeah but dire- somebody yeah. needs to start telling directors don't go over two hours maybe there should just yeah. be a ban on it or something yeah, exactly. <laughs> like some sort of, and if it goes over two hours consider making yeah. it into a TV series two. like that's the whole thing <laughs> with the, o- the OJ Simpson documentary that was out you know the, mm. the TV yeah, series yeah. not the drama the, right, the actual yeah, documentary yeah. that was supposed to be a feature documentary and then the and the guy ended up doing 75 interviews or something and realised right. I can't fit this into a feature ended up being a series and it won the best documentary of the Absolutely. Oscars that year. Like it's it's it is possible to do sure. really really good TV series. It's not like how it used to be where TV was kind of looked down upon no, and no, cinema no. was god. Like and that's all. Oh, oh for God's sake! Um, <laughs> she's so loud. That gave me a bit of a fright. Anything you say that sounds remotely like "Hey, you know who" on the Apple Watch? Oh right, triggers it. To oh, really? yeah. Like I'd be sitting there and someone plays something on TV and he goes, "Hmm, I don't know about that." <laughs> yeah. What? But in general, though, I think, yeah, like they're two really good films. I think the hype was worth it over sure. both of them, really. Yeah. I think I preferred probably Barbie in some ways, but I, I do think I'll go back and watch Oppenheimer. But I do think it could be interesting for somebody to do an Oppenheimer yeah. series. I, I kind of feel that with Barbie, for me, I I think it, it its first viewing, all the impact it has in its first viewing is, mm. is a big part of it. Yeah. I don't know if I'd go back and I don't feel I want to go back and yeah, see like it. Yeah, like I definitely or, wouldn't be seeing it again for thir- yeah. the only reason I went to see it was because my mother hadn't seen it and I thought I didn't mind How seeing did it. Did she again. like it? Yeah, she really liked it. Yeah. yeah, she thought it was very funny. And yeah, she yeah. she loved it and she liked all the, the, the feminism I, I, running I through it. Part of me feels like if my mum uh, got to see it that she would kind of think it was just too weird oh really you know, it okay. just seems like that generation might be a bit I, yeah, your I thought, mom's a bit younger than my mum was but it's uh, it, it, it just feels like they, an older generation generation might have expected a more straightforward version yeah of film, I, and I think know? she probably was and I was pleasantly yeah, surprised very pleasantly no, surprised that she, I think she just she found that all quite funny because she still and because I suppose the, the feminist ideals and everything come through so strongly yeah, there that, must also be you know how rare it must be for a, a, a screening or a cinema full of mostly women to mm. look at a film and go, this film gets it. Yeah. And this is, yeah. this is for me. Yeah. This is, you know. It's, no, it is lovely because you, you don't know, get a, that many films. And it's just so, is, yeah. so the opposite of what we were talking about the last time with the idol, which is this yeah, yeah. fake 
feminism where it's pretending awesome. to be feminism but yeah. it's not at all yeah. and to see Barbie then which was the complete opposite it yeah. was it was lovely and I know it's a, it's a huge budget film it was uh, made for 145 million like you can't you know these uh, it is a blockbuster and there's a massive amount of money that has to go into that I understand that I think an indie film would have yeah. had, found it hard to have the same impact but at the same time I still think it's amazing that it was able to be but made. I think as as it should be, everything that's good about that film about Barbie, and the same about Oppenheimer, everything that's good about it is in the in the, for the most part, certainly the Barbie film is in the writing and yeah. the performing. Yeah, the, the cheapest parts. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, I know that's the thing. Like, like you, the you sets are amazing in Barbie. On a, on a cheaper but budget, yeah, that's you know? the thing. Because you could have just minimized the time in Barbie Land or reduced the scope of it or just had fewer sets or yeah. you could have done that for less yeah and it's great that they did it at, at the yeah. scale they did it but everything that's good about that film yeah it is it's is the writing human, and the performance you know yeah. so it's yeah. and Oppenheimer I think is, is very well performed film I think there's a lot of great performances in it it's not as tight on the editing as maybe it could be but mm. again I'm not 100% sure what I take out yeah uh, but I'd recommend them both. Yeah, I would yeah. recommend them both, definitely. Which is great. Yeah. It's been a while, yeah, actually. Last the last week we one, didn't recommend we anything. Recommending you know? anything so. so we're back and form. Brilliant. Okay, so um, I have a recommendation, and which I've been talking about a good bit <laughs> over the last week <laughs> or so. And maybe, if it's not too late, we could even maybe talk about it on the next episode. But I'd really definitely recommend everyone watch The Deepest Breath on Netflix, on Netflix. the documentary about free diving. It's amazing. Right. Try not to look. I didn't know anything about it going in. I have to check, but I... I feel I've watched the first episode. There's I, only one. I, it's only a feature. Oh, only, oh, yeah, it's, it's a feature. feature. Is it? Okay. Yeah. I, maybe I've watched that or something else. I, I, I'll have to check it. And it's by an Irish director, another female Irish director. Oh, nice. Um, mm. And I actually don't even want to say anything about it because I knew nothing about it going in. I just knew it was about free diving yeah, and it was yeah. doing really well at festivals. I heard about it because my friend who's a producer invited me to the screening that was on in Dublin and she right. just said, look, it's getting, it's doing really well at festivals. It's supposed to be amazing. And then I just kept hearing other yeah, people yeah. talk about it and then I watched it and it was just, it's probably my favourite film of this year. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's, it was, that. now I'm hyping up loads and I obviously didn't know anything about it going in but it was one of those, I watched it and I could not stop thinking about it afterwards. Wow. And I'm another one that, that I watched, yeah, yeah another one I watched twice with my mother as well actually the same. and then my mother knew the story which was a pity because somebody had talked about it on Joe Duffy so she right. knew a lot of the story going in but she still really enjoyed it but yeah. I think it's better going in absolutely no, cold uh, not I, knowing I'm anything I'm pretty sure that's not the one I've seen then if you're talking about okay but, um, so that's what I would recommend my recommendation. my recommendation is a slightly outdated one but last time we were all out you guys were all talking about the bear and I was saying oh, I yeah. couldn't get into yeah, it yeah. and I was going they all like it so much. It, mm. it has to be what they're saying it is. I just, yeah. they're, they're, I agree with them on everything else. <laughs> yeah. So I said, right, I'm going to watch this thing again from the start. I'd gotten about four episodes in. and Into the first I, season? Into the first season. Right. And uh, I said, right, I'm going to watch it again. So that, what I did was I said, okay, somebody had said online that you could, with minimum kind of uh, catch up, you could just jump into the second series. Okay. So I watched the first episode of the second series and I loved it. Right. And then I said, no, stop. Go back. Yeah, yeah. And then I was in. Right. And I just thought it was great. Yeah, it's. I haven't finished <coughs> the second series yet. I've actually, I'm kind of almost holding off finishing it because the episodes are so short. Mm. You can watch it really quickly and I don't want it to end because I yeah. don't have any other TV show to watch at the moment. There is episode, I won't go into it, there's episode six in series two. Two is uh, about set in a flashback at a family Christmas. Oh, okay. It's one of the most stressful things I've ever oh, seen in I'd my life in terms so. of just the dynamic in a family yeah. and it's, 
It is brilliant. Oh, brilliant. I'm just about to start episode five. And for me, it was funny because I loved season one. I found it really stressful, but I loved it. And then I started watching season two and I actually wasn't as big of a fan because I thought, oh, the tone is different. It's yeah. almost a bit more, they're trying to go for a comedy now or something. I didn't like that. Like I was saying at the dinner, I thought there was way too much music. In it, yeah, you know, yeah. whereas I felt like there hadn't been in the first series. And then when they did use music, particularly say in the last episode, it was amazing then. But then I think the third or fourth episode of season two, for me, it started, it went back into the way right. it was in the first season. And now it's, uh, yeah, I love it again. That episode in season two where it, the pastry chef guy he goes, gets that's, sent to that's Denmark. The, yeah, that's the one where I, I really it. started getting back I into it again. I that episode. Yeah. It was so great. And it was great yeah. to see your man in it, that English actor. He's oh, yeah, good yeah. Will Poulter. Yeah, 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 yeah. The eyebrows guy. Is I know, he was great in that. Yeah, he was. He was, he was so really good. good. No, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of it. So, yeah, Episode six, I won't tell you who, just has cameo after cameo in oh, it. Oh, really? To the point where it starts to feel like overload. Oh. But once... Once you it settles and you get over it, you realize there aren't going to be any more. Yeah, uh, it just plays out brilliant. Oh, brilliant! So okay, good. I'm looking forward to so seeing good. that. Yeah, great. Um, that's my recommendation. Brilliant. Yeah, there are right. two good recommendations: The Deepest Breath and yeah. The Bear. Yeah, season one and two, which is on Disney Plus. Excellent. Great. So we don't know what we're going to talk no, about next time. No maybe next if time. We, if we do it soon enough, we might talk about the deepest breath. But maybe not. No, no. Let's put that as as one of the yeah. two things. We should. I was thinking about. as well. Maybe we should go back to talking about music too, or even getting other people yes. to recommend yeah. albums. And if anyone and has a recommendation, them. just send it, send on it on to in. us by the Facebook page. Oh yeah, perhaps. yeah, yeah. That'd uh, be we great. have an, an email address, which I think is popfilter two thousand <laughs> at gmail dot com. That's just so Why funny. don't you send me an email and I'll test if I know the password for <laughs> yeah. that account and see how that works. Yeah, so maybe we'll go back to doing that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. All right, All right until then. then. We're done here.